Well, hey there, all you DC comic book fans. Fans of, well, comics, books, lists, DC Comics news. The sound of my voice. Something to listen to while you're doing that other thing. And this just makes it easy. Whatever your reason for coming along, hanging out, staying tuned, being here. Thanks. It's always great to share great stuff with great people. And for some reason, I know you all are. That's just how I feel about it. Nothing's going to change my mind. Please don't try. That would be awkward and potentially uncomfortable. And who needs that when we've got such a great list of books to enjoy? Now, this one here is episode number 119. That's right. The good stuff. The good times. And here to kick things off, decided to break this into two little categories. You'll probably sense the theme. One's before the ad break. One comes after. (laughs) And with that... I would like to go ahead and kick things off with my first choice, one that I feel is great selection. And really for me, it's part of this, I don't know how else to describe it, but this feeling. And it's something that's building, and I like the way it's happening. I'm talking, of course, about Superman and the authority. That's, of course, for me, because I know what I'm talking about. For you, you don't have to feel Like, you should know what I'm assuming you know. How about that? For the writing on this one, a story called One Soul at a Time, we have the immeasurable Grant Morrison with stunning art from Michael uh, Michael Yannan, Fico Asio, Evan Cagle, Travel Foreman. We've got color by Jordi Belair, Sebastian Cheng, Dave Stewart, Alex Sinclair. We've got letters by Steve Wands. Uh, a brilliant cover by Michael Yannan, and also a brilliant variant cover by Trevor Harrison and Rain Barreto. They're both good. Um, there's something lovingly epic about the, the variant. I, I mean, Superman sort of profile looking as he always does off into the next. The, uh, the haunting image of Jack reaching his hand out. And then, of course, Midnighter, Apollo, and a young Natasha Irons. Could we have the next generation of Steel stepping in? Well, let's, let's dive into the pages where, well, let's just say that Jack is an interesting choice to, uh, to have in the Fortress of Solitude. And he's sort of hanging out and smoking while Superman who he is, is testing his abilities again and again, whether it's lifting ridiculous amounts of weight, running at obscene speeds, and, uh, and he's, he's getting it from Black about, you know, hey, used to be pretty good, but Superman doesn't argue, in fact, even agrees, and, uh, suggests that he is a samurai in autumn. I love the touch. I love the tone. I also love the suggestion that comes from Black, who says, hey, mind over matter. You know, um, maybe there's just a possibility. Now, Manchester Black, who I sometimes call Jack, and maybe that's right, maybe that's wrong, and maybe that's just me. But, uh, you know, he's he's got powers. He had powers. He's He's always been a jerk with or without the powers and for a while there was a really great storyline about how he was that brother took care of a sister who later became part of a group that was actually trying to define take him down 
And then we get this lovely introduction of John Irons and Natasha at the Metropolis HQ of the Family Steel. And it's pretty fun um, <laughs> watching uh, John Henry play around with these um, data cosmos and discovering along the way that it gets a little dangerous, gets a little painful. But then we get the chance to see what happens when Natasha decides to go ahead and throw a really cool costume together that looks absolutely amazing. And also how we get to see her step in as an impressive role. <laughs> And she is really doing an amazing job, just swinging that hammer, making it look easy, not quite having fun, but uh, she's also illustrating this really fun social commentary, anti-scientific clickbait, logical contradictions, um, and they're all taking place in the form of robots, who, as I said, she has no problem smashing up. But interestingly enough, she's not quite alone. There are some big, well, unpleasant, goblin-esque creatures that she's also smacking around. And she's also dabbling into some really fun network entities referring to themselves as the Edgelord's Eternal. Well, nice little catch in before we step back to Manchester and Superman hanging out at the fortress sort of going through some of his old tech. And then, just just because it's, it's a lot of fun and gorgeous, you get the chance to see why that wonderful mix of colorists is so valuable, and artists that are combined in this book, because we get a great transition over to uh, Apollo and the Midnighter. <laughs> they're having this conversation about how things are different and how they're not, and what it means, and also how it is that Apollo has always looked up to Superman. And suddenly the idea that he and Midnighter could work side by side with the first, the Man of Steel. Um, I love this great introduction between them two where Apollo is so honest, just saying, when I was younger, I only ever wanted to be like you. I mean, I feel I forged my own identity, my own voice, but still, I mean, it started with you, Superman. And, uh, <laughs> of course, Midnighter, little bit cooler and um, of course Manchester quick to point out that they are the world's gayest and he can say that because he's 48% per, gay on his mother's side a long-running joke about Manchester who's always trying to make it clear to just about everybody that um, he's not who they think they are who they think he is and also how it is that there's one more piece of the puzzle one that is haunting and terrifying and it's a story of how maybe, even for a character like Enchantress, trapped in her own hell, Superman and this new authority team could be a bright new future. Love the idea behind this book. Love, love the direction it's taking. And I'm loving the slow burn of Grant Morrison. He knows that he's touching on different ideas that already, you know, exude his fantastical and the wonderful um, such crossing over of so many different genres and the combination of them until, well, you have some very original ideas, which is always 
one of the great things about having Morrison work on a title. I think it works wonderfully. I absolutely love the way it plays out. I love the direction. And I'm really excited for the next opportunity to share a future issue with you here on the Spinner Rack. That was our first choice. Time to move things over to my second. And for that one, I'm looking at Supergirl, Woman of Tomorrow, number three. I swear, Tom King, man, at some point, I know you're going to stop coming up with all this brilliant stuff with great characters that we love. But man, this is a book. This is just such a good book. It's it's so sweet. It's it's so thoughtful. And it does a wonderful job of having this narrator who's bent on revenge. She is out to find the contemptible creme of the yellow hills, as she always refers to him, or in sometimes other, well, let's just say uh, unpleasant and certainly um, not praiseworthy language. So sometimes you can find yourself in a place, and that place is one that starts out as one thing. Um, and then suddenly you find out that well, that's not everything it is, let alone what it was. So here you are, Maple. And up until now, there's a suggestion of a reputation that, after the point of this story, becomes more established and nefarious. But at the moment, it's simply a mystery. It's a weird question for Supergirl and the young girl who's traveling with her, who's seeking revenge for the death of her father, once again at the hands of the contemptible Krem. And yet for all the contemptibility of Krem, there is something dangerous that is lurking right in front of Supergirl. And the attempt to sort of figure out what it is, is stymied by the idea of everything's fine, quit thinking it's not, leave it alone, don't worry about it. Now, an interesting part is the idea of colors and what do colors mean? Blue, red, green. You know, you think about your primaries, you got your blue and your red, make purple, you've got blue and yellow, make green. You know, you start with just a couple of the basics but in this case, the story is about purple and blue. And what's the difference? Well, it turns out it's a significant one. And there's a reason why everyone, including Supergirl, is simply referred to as a blue. All off-worlders are blue. And the purple are something that simply isn't around. There's, there's no one in the purple. In fact, Supergirl decides to do a big scan and she discovers that actually everyone is blue. Which is a weird thing, because if there's a blue and a purple, then there's the feeling that perhaps at one time there was a purple, or there could have been a purple. And you get to see Supergirl really come up against some tough, small community-mindedness. The idea of there's a way that things are done, and why they are done, and what they mean. And just how important it is that they not be disturbed. Which is when Supergirl decides to go digging. And she discovers that there was an invasion and an attempt to wipe out everyone. Although a deal was made. What if one color was kept and the other was not? And 
it would appear that Krem, that oh-so-nefarious one, made a deal that helped out the Blues by getting rid of the Purples, eliminating them, essentially in a genocide, and in the process, creating a horrific buried story that Supergirl's unearthing is going to, well, not only cause some problems, but also expose a dark and dangerous secret, one that all of the Blues would rather be left alone. Beautiful story, suggests a lot of great things that I have hinted at, but has so much more that you're going to enjoy from the layering of the work. I encourage you to check it out, give it a good view, and uh, so have you picked up on the theme yet? Don't worry about it. We'll be back with a little bit more right after this quick ad break, and then we'll see if the theme doth reveal itself with greater efficiency. Enjoy the ads. Maybe a bit of these sleeping dogs beside me, and then we shall return. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News Podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics, and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. <laughs> no, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Spotify. Stitcher. And everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. <laughs> no. Hello, listeners. This is Tony Farina from DC Comics News and an occasional guest on Comics in Motion. I'm pleased to announce a new show called Indie Comics Spotlight. Each week, my guests and I will be taking a deep dive into a current title or a classic graphic novel from a publisher other than the big two. Consider this show the best of the rest. My hope is that we'll bring new readers to independent comics and give old readers a chance to share their thoughts. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. First, there was the DC Comics News Podcast. Then came the Spinner Rack. And now, the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I Am The Night. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode. Just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I am the night. Why, hello there. I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about Mad Pup, a Harley Quinn cast. Harley Quinn? Harley f***ing Quinn? What have we learned from this crazy show? Making Bat Shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, Gogurt. And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up and battle me, nerds. I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f*** with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. Lot of lasers. Mmm. 
educational, and informative. The DC Comics News Podcast Network presents Mad Love, the Harley Quinn Cast. <laughs> Back to you, Seth. So, tell us your thoughts. We'd love to hear from everyone out there. Or not. That's really up to all of you. F***ers. Picture this. Someone who knows nothing about comics. Someone who knows comics from movies, TV, and video games. A complete ultra-comics nerd. You pick the character you want us to talk about. You send us the questions you want answered. You make the show. A podcast by fans. For fans. Making new fans. Superheroes. Or dummies. Part of the Comics in Motion Podcast Network. What's up, everybody? I am Kelly Gaines for DC Comics News. I am Tony Hasty for this show. And we are here to introduce our new show, DCN After Dark. This is the late night talk show for all of the wild ideas, fascinating concepts, and scandalous tales straight from the DC universe. We are not going to hold any punches. We are going to give all of our opinions straight off the dome, and sometimes we'll be writing it down. It is not for the faint of heart. It is not for the sensitive ears. It is not for any children. Viewer discretion is going to be advised because we are going to be swearing a lot. Yes. Yeah. And possibly, maybe by episode five, getting to our hundredth joke. (laughs) (laughs) Here's hoping. We're going to have guests on this show. We're going to be guests on other shows, but we're not going to finish this sentence. <laughs> off, the t- off the cuff. Let's go. Off the cuff. Off the cuff. Anything off, you want. Anything you want. Scooby-Doo would be a better detective than Jim Gordon. There you go. That's that is what this whole show is about. That's what the show is about. We're going to be talking about we're going to be talking about stuff like that. Should we have seen more of the bat? Go. No, no one had to see more of the bat. No, I didn't want God damn it. Look, all right. We're going to Scooby-Doo, DCN After Dark. Check us out. Watch us without your kids. And if you are a kid, you shouldn't have even seen this promo. Drink recipes, content creation, reviews, unsolicited advice, and very inappropriate jokes. Yes. And a Santa, uh, an unseasonable Santa hat. Except it's season, whatever. Check us out. (laughs) Not getting rid of the Santa hat. Available exclusively on YouTube. And just like that, we are back. By we, I mean me and you. And thanks to everyone who's joining in. Thanks to my puppies, Bruno and Fiji. Fiji's over there doing soft size that are sort of letting me know that if I want to feed them lunch early or should I believe in the Hobbit uh, practice of 11sies, she would be probably okay with that. In fact even more than okay with it and hey she's such a cute puppy how can i even argue which is why it's easy for me to say why would you want to argue with my next third choice for that one i am talking about nightwing number 83 in a story called leaping into the light part six it's phenomenal um for starters you've got tom taylor's writing which is really shown us just what the flip side of deceased and injustice and the violence and tragedy like he can really lift up and with this story 
Nightwing and his family are, are part of that really wonderful uprising, and I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes next. Bruno Redondo provides the stunning, really crisp art, and the wonderful colors and shadows by Adriana Lucas, letters by Wes Abbott that just capture voice and give it meaning with every letter. Redondo and Lucas providing that original cover with a gorgeous variant cover by Max Dunbar and Hi-Fi. It's so hard not to spend all of your money on things like that. It is for me. It's so hard to not spend all of my money. Your money is your business. I get that. But man, the temptations are good, especially with the variant (laughs) and that sweet little three-legged dog who is now a big part of Nightwing's life as we see this wagging tail and the big excited sniff towards a red fire hydrant while Dick is busy I don't know if it's his phone or just one of those bat devices that, you know, looks like a super hi-fi, but much more efficient and impressive kind of iPad-ish thing. Anyways, the big problem is that at the beginning of this one, Dick has just finished learning a significant part of his history, his family, his parents, some things he didn't know about his father before his father and mother became involved, and also about a young woman who now is the mother of a woman who says she is Nightwing's relative, sister, half-sister, and because of that, why it is that she is in the midst of a plot to get involved with, well, Let's just say she's been playing some significant roles within the Blue Haven government. And now that she's been named the mayor, she's doing something very different, which is letting Dick know what's going on and how it is that uh, she hopes that they can all be a part of it. So who's waiting outside? Well, a really big, ugly, violent sort of source. Someone who does not take well to any sort of affront to his nature. Um, And because of that, someone like Blockbuster is now a bit more of like a refined gangster, but still has no problem bringing the thump. So how do you get both of them out of this situation? Simple. You say that Nightwing broke in, tied them up, and then escaped, which sends Blockbuster on a hunt for Dick, who, you know, he's just not quite at his best yet. Don't forget, this is the same guy who got shot in the head. He'd had some issues with amnesia. Even since he got his memory back, he's constantly been getting beaten up. But man, when it comes to getting out of there, it's great to know that he's got Barbara to rely on. There's some gorgeous art as we see some brilliant usage of those Eskrima style, but much more advanced than that, sticks that he's always employing, and how it is that, boy, when Dick really gets moving, my goodness, I mean, it's really impressive. Somehow, he survives and makes it back to the family, and he realizes that he wants to do something big, something big for Bluthaven. But I love that before he does, he reaches out to Superman and... He feels like he needs some 
feedback or at least someone to listen to him. And in the process, how it is that this, this conversation with Superman can help him see what it is that he's trying to do and what he's trying to become. And man, I mean, the conversation between the two of them, the fact that it brings up Alfred, the way that it, boy, it, it suggests this wonderful understanding between the two of them. And how there's something amazing that uh, that Superman feels knowing this. And then in turn says to Nightwing, hey, I'm going to offer you some vulnerability too. I might have to go away. And my son John, he's going to be taking my responsibilities. And he says it would mean a lot if you could give him some guidance and some friendship. And then he says beautifully, honestly, I couldn't think of a better role model. Thank you, Dick. I was, man, practically moved. To, I mean, I'm practically moved to tears reading it now. I mean, Mr. Taylor, well done. Gorgeous writing. I mean, the art and colors, too. Everything about it, from sitting up there, talking uh, in front of the Daily Planet Globe, the sunrise. The, it's, it's some pretty gorgeous stuff, and it made it really easy to pick this book. The problem is, it makes it too easy to pick this book, and sometimes I have to fight not to just pick it, because I know how good it is. And then other times I just surrender because, you know, there's temptation, there's resisting, and then sometimes there's the thrill of just giving in just a little bit, as long as it's too, not too bad for you, right? Hey, that's my take, that's my pick, that's my third choice, which is why it's a pleasure to move on to my fourth. I'm talking about Batman Secret Files, Clown Hunter number one. For starters, for me, Clown Hunter always had a weird connotation because at one point it was a very negative slang that <laughs> now I feel has been lifted up into something so much cooler. So the big challenge is what do you do when, uh, when you've been bullied at places like Gotham Academy, when you've been pushed down and kicked around and all these spoiled rich kids are beating up on you and talking about the fact that, you know, they've got it great and they love to mock you simply because you don't have parents and you don't basically have people who can protect you, let alone a wealthy family who can get a lawyer and do all this stuff. But boy, Clown Hunter has shown us in numerous examples what happens when you give him just a chance. And when he's got that baseball bat with the batarang on it, the kid's just charged between that and the crazy mask. Now, he's been hunting this guy named Saul and he's got a plan to take down Saul and really make it crazy. However, one of the big problems with that is he doesn't realize that so much of this plan that he has is actually something that's being manipulated by that oh-so-devilish one known as Punchline. That's right, even from prison, she's pulling all the strings she's got the clowns working for. And she appears to have Clown Hunter at a disadvantage, at a position where, well, it's going to be really tough for him to make it out. And he hates that because he flashes back to another time when he's getting... I mean, just basically the, the crap kicked out of him. Now, interesting story about Clown Hunter. He's got a great name that I love, Bao. And I'm a big sucker for the Pixar one, Bao. I don't care that the mom ate her kid. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't bother me at all. I love the name Bao. And I love the way that this Bao, 
is just so unafraid of constantly fighting back, of never yielding, of giving as good as he gets, and sometimes of knowing that if you're going to fight, you fight dirty and you win, especially when you're outnumbered, especially when there's a gang, especially when there's um, basically this mentality that they'll always have more numbers, you're always going to be outnumbered. And you're always going to have to fight harder and worse. And even then, you're never going to get any respect. Well, that serves him well as he finds that he has this chance to, <laughs> to break free, to get loose. Now, the other thing that's interesting about Clown Hunter is recently he had a big conflict where he was angry because it was Harley Quinn who was responsible for so much of the pain in his life. Now... My snoring little Bruno here, he doesn't worry about that stuff quite so much, but for Bao, it's a big deal. And he even gets an offer to uh, to join, to be part of this big clown gang. And he wants nothing to do with it. As far as he's concerned, he's been fighting on his own against too many people and losing on a regular basis. And he just doesn't care. He just simply refuses to go down, even when he's strung up in the middle of the street, and luckily, a, a person, a member of the family, who, uh, well, let's just say, isn't used to playing by the rules, and has a bit of soft spark growing for this kid, who simply refuses to stay down, give up, yield, show any compassion, you know, weakness, gratitude, things like that, and... <laughs> makes an offer. How would you like some real training? How would you like to, to get better? To which Clown Hunter says, well, and I'm going to leave you there. You're going to have to see what the answer is and how he responds and, and what else is left to this story that I can only cover some of the broad strokes, but when you dig right into it, it's loaded with so many great moments. It's gorgeous. It's what makes it so much fun, and it's why I'm happy to make it my fourth choice on this episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack, which means, guess what? That's right, it's time for my fifth and final. And for that one, I went with Catwoman. Man, this Catwoman story, I swear to you, Ram V, you're gonna make me buy so many wonderful books, and I'm gonna be so grateful that I do. And because of you, I will feel immense joy every time I do. Gorgeous art matching that writing from Fernando Blanco, Jordi Belair with the stunning colors. Tom Napolitano's letters are, well, they're very significant for a reason, and they're unmatched in their usage in this story. Yannick Paquet and Nathan Fairbairn providing for the original cover, combining for the original cover, and Jenny Frisson providing the variant cover. They... They're both pretty awesome. Um, if I had to pick, well, it's a toss because there's there's more than one, but man, it's pretty gorgeous stuff. And that variant with Batman and Catwoman face to face, I mean, that stuff's always gonna work. I don't know, I don't know what it is, but that stuff, ah, uh, that always works. It always looks so good. In fact, that's a great thing. We have this great flashback to Bat and Cat on a roof talking. And how it is now we've got Bat meeting up with that detective who, uh, well, let's just say he's been making a name for himself. They call him Detective Hadley. He'd been trying to help out 
Catwoman, and he comes to Batman, letting her know that Father Valley has been stalking her, that he's working on a plan to kill her. And I love this moment when uh, Batman says you care about her, to which Hadley says, I, I don't know, maybe, besides, how do you compete with that? To which Batman says, you don't. And if there's a better Batman response, I don't know what it could be. But I, I do love the exchange. I do love all the great suggestions. I do love another flashback to uh, Bat and Cat together. And then there's just the really impressive breakdown of just how much Valley has been involved in, what it means that he's been doing, and why it is that this trap that's been sprung by Catwoman and set by, well, Father Valley, leads to a really awesome sword fight, um, <laughs> some great exchanges. Valley is brutal, unrelenting, powerful, and all of the dangerous things that you don't want to have happen. And what he's able to bring to light with Catwoman is this feeling that she is hunted, that she is at a disadvantage. He even has a telescopic sniper rifle, sniper rifle, <laughs> trained on someone very near and dear to her heart. And simply put, the only thing left to stop him from killing that friend is Catwoman. And she's doing her best, but man, he's tough. She's getting her licks, she's taking her hurts, and there's also a chance that someone could step in and play an unsuspecting role or unanticipated role and change the fortune and the future for all of them. I'm going to let you decide how much of that you're going to get to enjoy on your own or if this is one you pick up and add. I think it's a good one. That's why I'm so happy to make it my fifth and final choice. Every one of these books, a five out of five selection from me. The snoring guy at my feet, he kind of agrees, but mostly he's just there to see if I drop any food. And it's been my pleasure to hang out with you for episode number 119 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. My name is Seth Singleton. I come to you every week with my top five picks because I'm lucky enough to be a part of this great group called DC Comics News. Highly recommend you to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to and follow DC Comics News on your favorite social media avenue, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, um, you name it, YouTube. Go ahead and just use the at symbol in DC Comics News. It's capital D, capital C, capital C, O-M-I-C-S, capital N, E-W-S. There you go. DC Comics News, all one word. Send us a message, send us your thoughts, or just follow us and keep up and hang out. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to know you're listening. And more than anything, can't wait for the next opportunity to bring another great episode here to you. We've got all sorts of great shows from Mad Love and Batman the Animated Series, episode by episode, I Am the Night, to uh, other great programs and our weekly news podcast, the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast, bringing all the news and movies, television, streaming, and more. And with that, we only have one last thing we like to say, and I'm going to say it because it's just me, although you can say it along with me, and that is to always read more comics. Have a great one. Can't wait till next week.